BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again. Unfortunately, this is a Silver Linings edition of the podcast. We're coming off a loss last night. Hornets falling to Toronto in Tampa by a final score of 111-108. We'll be breaking it down. Also going over the state of the Hornets. We're, believe it or not, almost 20% of the way through the season. So how's the team doing and what are the prospects for the future? And we're going to talk about the app, the Hornets mobile app and its digital game day experience. There's so many fun features to it. If you haven't gotten it yet on your phone or mobile device, I highly recommend it. We'll talk more about it. And to do all of that, I'd like to welcome in Charlotte Hornets Senior Director of Digital Media Content, Matt Ruchinski. Matt, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hey, Sam. Always a pleasure to be on with you. But, man, I'll tell you what. How close was that last one, man? I, I thought we had it. I thought we were going to be able to bounce back and pull that out in Toronto. Or, well, I guess not in Toronto, as you said, in Tampa against Toronto. I've had a hard time getting used to that one as well. Yeah, let, let's talk about the nature of this loss, because you know, obviously it's their seventh loss. It's not the first time they, they've had an L hung on them. And there are a couple of games that, talking to other media members, they've been frustrated by. The Oklahoma City one stands out. A lot of people thought the Hornets were better than that team. The Cleveland opener, a lot of people thought the Hornets were better than that that team. The Memphis game without John Morant, a lot of people thought that that should have been a win for the Hornets. This, though, really is the first time all year that I feel a bit frustrated at the end of the game. I thought the Hornets did a lot of things right and just ran into a hot shooting Toronto team at the start and then 
just couldn't quite find a defensive rebound to save their lives in the last three minutes on some key possessions. So for the first time all season, I'm kind of frustrated, not because I think the Hornets did something necessarily that bad. I don't think the defensive rebounding down the stretch was that good either, but just because it seemed like one that slipped away at the end that the Hornets could have and maybe should have had. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy to think that you're saying that, you know, we were down 18 points and we almost watched when we, in essence, kind of watched it slip away because these guys, the way they battled back in that second half, they played such tremendous basketball. I mean, it was crazy the way that Toronto came out and, and built this big lead in the first half. We matched their energy in the first quarter. We're able to kind of stay up with them without having our leading scorer out there and Gordon Hayward, who missed the game. So to see the team kind of keep up with that energy in that first quarter was tremendous. But then in the second quarter, as they, you know, they started to pull away a little bit, Toronto started to pull away a little bit more. It just, you could see the energy starting to get sucked out of our guys and we couldn't keep up with the barrage of three pointers that Toronto was dropping on us in the first half. But they responded in the second half. This was not a team that came out and hung their heads, said we didn't have our leading score and we're down. We're just going to kind of pack it out and, and, and send it in. This team bounced back. This team played extremely well defensively, which was its calling card, which is kind of funny because Coach said before the game, obviously with Gordon out, you needed to find offense. He was looking for more offense, and it wasn't so much about the defense. But we saw again in this game how much this Hornets team can turn defense into offense in a game that looks like it might be out of hand the way they did in the fourth quarter. That's true. You know, you made me feel a little bit better about it, actually, now. Hornets dropped this one 111-108. to Record falls to 6-7. and The positives for Toronto, you know, they shot the lights out in the first half. And, and quite frankly, they needed to because the Hornets did an excellent job in the first First six minutes of the game going at Aaron Baines, their starting center. They put two fouls on him. He basically didn't play the rest of the game. And and Pascal Siakam, he picked up two fouls early as well, and that sidelined him for a good portion. And their all-star, their guy who's averaging 20 points per game, really had to grind to get to 15 points by the end of the night. So, you know, you took their starting center out of the game, and you took their all-star out of the first half, and yet Chris Boucher was just on fire, awkward shot and all. Uh, he couldn't seem to miss, and he ends up piling up a game-high 25 points. But I, it does go back again to that that frustration down the stretch. They're, they're mounting this comeback. They're doing all the right things, and just there were two or three possessions where Toronto didn't just get one offensive rebound. They got three or four and kept stretching it out and stretching out possessions, finding a way to get an extra point or two and keeping the Hornets from coming back the other way where they were starting to rally on the offensive end. Yeah, but it's one of those things that you got to realize, too, that this team, you're going to have some give and take with that because right now with the injuries that we have, with Cody Zeller out and being light on bigs, we know, and losing Gordon Hayward for this game, not having him in there, coach decided to go with a small lineup. You saw multiple times out there, Terry, Devontae, LaMelo, all out on the court together, whether it was with Miles, whether it was with you know any of those other players, those three guys, he was running, coach was running a three-guard lineup for most of that second half to really kind of, I think, inject some energy in this team, and it was working. But at the same point in time, to your point, if you're running with a small lineup and you're running with your biggest guy out there is P.J. Washington with Miles Bridges and three guards, then everybody has to bring that energy. In those loose balls, when that ball's being batted around, it's not something that any one of these guys can kind of step back on. Everyone's got to be attacking. Everyone's got to be going for it because you're giving up such height 
for that instant offense that you're hoping to get on the other end. James Borrego had this to say after the game, basically giving the explanation of why the Hornets came up just a little bit short. Offensive rebounds down the stretch that we didn't, we weren't able to gather that hurt us and then the turnover game. But uh, I like a lot of what I saw tonight. We 50 to 20, 36 in the paint, won the second chance points, won the fast break points. We won the board tonight. We shot 48% to their 45. But they, they hit five more threes than us. Turned it over a few too many times. There you have it. And the Raptors, they've always been good, at least under Nick Nurse. They've been very, very good at getting deflections, turning the opposition over. We remember that all too well from the preseason meetings, and that continued here into the regular season. They shoot a ton of threes. They made 20, slowed down significantly in the second half. But first half, they were knocking them down at better than 50% from beyond the arc, and then uh, the offensive rebounds. That's not necessarily something the Raptors do well despite their length, but they had a season-best 13 offensive boards in this one. And so we must settle for silver linings, Matt. And for our first silver lining of the day, we will highlight P.J. Washington. Drive-by ball, nice pass to P.J. Washington for the lay-in. A no-look over the head from the wonder kid, LaMelo. That's kind of a LaMelo highlight, too, but P.J., 20 points, and 11 rebounds, back-to-back double-doubles for him, and he's really doing a nice job with that small ball five. I like how start of the year there were so many media members saying, ah, he's a sophomore slump, he doesn't look that good, He must. there must be an issue here now. He's got a career-best 10 straight games with a made three. He's blocking shots. He's top 20 in the NBA in that category. I'm not going to say that it's better or necessarily preferable than having your full complement of players, but given the circumstances, P.J. Washington has done a good job subbing in there at that center position when needed. He's done a tremendous job subbing in there at the center position, especially in this small ball lineup. And coming off, like you said, back-to-back double-doubles, this is the first time in his two-year career that he's had that. So that's a tremendous start for P.J. too, and hopefully trying to build some consistency with the way he's playing, because Right now out there, I think he's providing a tremendous mismatch like because he is so quick, he is so athletic that when he's matched up with other fives, you mentioned it yourself, they benched Aaron Baines in the second half of the game because he just couldn't keep up with P.J. Washington. So that's going to be a situation that's going to continue to present problems to these opponents that the Hornets are going to face and hopefully lead to some more high-impact offense, some more up and down the court. And our defense turns to offense. When P.J.'s grabbing 11 rebounds, he's turning that around in transition, getting the ball going again, and our guys tend to convert on the other end of the floor. Settling for silver linings, LaMelo Ball, a double-double for him, 14 points and a career-high tying 11 assists. You heard the assist before. I want to talk about a clutch rebound. Siakam defending Graham. He blows by him. Lob into the paint. It's swatted out. Ball steals. It goes up and throws it down with two hands. The dunk by LaMelo. LaMelo had a big play there. That made it a one-possession game. Uh, the loose ball run out and just a nice, smart basketball play and, and one that was badly needed at that moment. Yeah, it was found money for LaMelo. There was no doubt. You know, P.J. was down inside. Pascal Siakam took him to the ground, and the ball just kind of bounced out. And he was like, what do I got here? Let's just attack. And I love that aggressive mentality of this kid. I know I've said it before, but, I mean, I know he's 19 years old, but he doesn't play like a 19-year-old out there. You've heard Coach Borrego talk about this consistently. He had a quiet double-double. When I looked up in the fourth quarter and saw that he was at 12 and getting and had 11 at that point before he got to 14, it's like, 
oh my gosh, this kid is performing so well, so quietly, what he's doing, I don't want to start taking advantage of what he's doing out there or underestimating what he's doing out there because we need to really value what we're watching here. This kid is special. He's doing some amazing things. However, he's also still a rookie, and that much can be evident. I mean, five turnovers is something that you can't have in an NBA game. You know that that's something that Coach Borrego said in his postgame. That's something we got to work on for sure, get that cleaned up, because when you're making the kind of impact he has, you can't turn the ball over that many times to give points back to the other team. Finally, settling for silver linings. First time all year, significant minutes go to Malik Monk. Pass to Monk. Head fakes on the three, relocates towards the corner. Three on the way is good. Malik Monk has nine. And he ended up with 10 in this game. First time we've seen him play significant minutes all season. He was praised after the game by Coach Borrego for staying involved, staying in the game mentally, even though he had to be frustrated about not getting minutes. But he can certainly be a big-time weapon for this team as an offensive spark plug. And I still believe, and I know a lot of other people here in the Queen City still believe, that there's the potential for him to become more of a consistent role player. Uh, Right now, it seems like they've got a pretty good rotation. I'm not saying you have to upset the apple cart to get him in there, but he is certainly someone that warrants and merits consideration from the staff, and they have said as much as well. Oh, there's no doubt. Malik's the type of player that can score in bunches. I mean, I was talking to you before this podcast and saying, hey, we're almost at a one-year anniversary of Malik's career-high 31 points when we were in Paris playing against the Bucks last year. I know that's crazy to think that that was a year ago at this point, given everything that's happened since then. But that's the kind of effect that Malik can have. And that was might have been his best game that I've ever seen as a Hornet. And it wasn't one where it was just Malik out there throwing up shots. He was efficient in what he did. He was 10 of 17 from the field that night. Got to the fall line, had nine free throws, and also dished out five assists and had five rebounds. And you look what he did tonight to come in after really a performance like that and really not having played much basketball. He said it, he said it himself to get out there in a game like this that meant so much as you're coming back, to see him play with that kind of confidence already and that kind of swagger and want to shoot the ball the way he does, that's one thing I will always love about Malik Monk. That guy will jack up a shot. He has no problem doing it. He has confidence in what he's going to do, and he can score in absolute bunches. We just need to find some consistency with him as well. Hornets fall 111-108. to 108. Record drops to 6-7. and seven. Good news about the NBA, there's always another game tomorrow. And there literally is another game tomorrow. Hornets will rematch with Toronto in Tampa. It doesn't get any more normal to say that, no matter how many times I try. Hornets fall to 6-7. and seven. We're going to talk more about Gordon Hayward. We're going to talk about the state of the Hornets through roughly... 20% of the season, just a hair under 20% of the season so far. Uh, but coming up next, we want to talk about the Hornets mobile app. There are so many great features in it. Matt knows it inside and out, so we're going to give you a brief tutorial. So get that app ready, and if you haven't gotten it yet, download the Hornets app onto your mobile device. It'll give you access for all new features and exclusive content. You don't want to miss the new game day experiences for every game this season, which gives you information and digital activations available only through the Hornets app. Matt Rachinsky, my guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast, and we want to talk about the digital game day experience available only 
through the Hornets mobile app. This is something new, obviously, with my arrival this year. You decided to break out something new. Give us some details on some of the exclusive content that can't be found necessarily on the website or digging through NBA.com, stuff that you can only get through the Hornets mobile app. Yeah, you got to love it. We roll out the red carpet for you, Sam. Let's put it that way. Yeah, the, the Hornets game day experience, what we're looking at, going to rename the Hive Game Day Hub, I think is what we're going to call it, because we just wanted to make sure that people were understanding how much we really do have in here on a game day. Because the game day has changed for fans, for players, for us in general. I mean, there's been a lot of changes that have happened, and we want to try and find ways to bring that game day experience to our fans as well in those kind of things that they might be missing, whether that's through a virtual T-shirt toss or through something like that. The biggest things that are kind of the stalwarts of, of this Hive Game Day Hub are the content. As you mentioned, we are trying to get exclusive content behind the scenes, doing walk-ins from players, getting players warming up before the game, putting those types of pieces out there, as well as exclusive interviews and features that will run and air first through the Game Day Hub. So, Make sure you're checking it out to get some of that content. You're also going to find a, a place to get coaches pregame live media availability as well as postgame live media availability on here and, and just some tremendous things that are going on there. But aside from the content, it's also got to be about rotating fan engagement. We're coming up with just different things, like I said, that are going to pull in that game day experience, whether it's a quarter break, whether it's at halftime, what we're putting on the app. All of our halftime experiences are now seen on the app as well. So that's that's another one of those things that we're mixing up and changing and going to continue to add to. So those are two of the main things that we're doing. And then obviously anything that we're doing for opt-in, people love. Anytime you're giving away some stuff for free, we're making sure that we're addressing our Hornets fans and connecting to them and trying to give them that you know, everyone gets excited when they get a free T-shirt or everyone gets excited when they get the giveaways when they're usually coming into games. And those things don't exist anymore. So we have to find new ways to provide that for our fans as well. And we're trying to do that through this Hornets Game Day Hub, too. And one other aspect that is really anyone's favorite thing, free stuff, prizing, <laughs> as we've called it, prizing on the app. What are some of the prizes available and what do fans need to do Obviously, they must pay hundreds of dollars to get these prizes. No, how do they get these prizes? No, no, they're available. They could be available to you for free. All you got to do is make sure you download the Hornets app. Make sure you're following us on game days through these experiences. We'll be doing some smaller giveaways that will be open to more folks that we can give out codes, partner codes, discounts, all of those types of things that will be available to a larger number of folks. But then we're also going to begin targeting, giving out kind of one bigger prize a game if we can uh one of the biggest things we did as of late and you can go right on the hornets app and and download if you download that up you can get right into it and you'll see all of these contests on there in the game day experience but one of the biggest prizes we had as of late was we gave away a nintendo switch over the holidays so that that drew quite a few uh quite a few entries as you can imagine all of this is available right now. Well, not a Nintendo Switch every day, but you get what I'm saying. Prizes are available <laughs> right now via the Hornets mobile app. We encourage you to download it onto your mobile device. It gives you access to all new features and exclusive content. You don't want to miss the new game day experiences for every game this season, giving you information and digital activations. And there are prizes available, too. Only, though, through the Hornets mobile app. Third and final segment of this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We've got Matt Rachinsky, Charlotte Hornets Senior Director of Digital Media Content, with me today. 
Matt, the Hornets tomorrow will play their 14th game of the season, which puts them roughly at the 20% mark of the season. Hard to believe we're already a fifth of the way through. But I thought it was a good time to kind of take stock of what we have seen so far. The hope is the Hornets will head home with a 500 record, seeing as they're 6-7 and seven right now. You'd like them to come home at 7-7. Seven and seven. But in your mind, how do you see the Hornets having played through the first 20%, give or take a little bit, of the season? Well, haven't we only been playing for like three weeks? This is crazy that we've got 20% of the season and jam-packed in here. I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway that I'm having from it is because of that. If you look at the amount of games that we're playing, the way this team was kind of put together in the offseason, bringing in a number 3 draft pick in LaMelo, bringing in a big-name free agent in Gordon Hayward, how was this all going to gel together relatively quickly as we went through what was a quick training camp and preseason? No one really kind of knew what to expect. And to start the season off 0-2, I think there were a lot of people who were down. I think there were some higher expectations for what this team was going to be able to do. And people were starting to question, okay, is this team going to be able to bounce back, especially when we were looking at the string of games we had coming up against teams like Brooklyn, against teams like Dallas. Well, instead, this team was able to bounce back and go out and win those games. And it has begun to really establish itself as one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. I know that's something that head coach James Borrego takes a ton of pride in. You can just see when he's talking about it, how, how his eyes kind of light up as he's talking about the way that this team can play defense. And if they can find a way to consistently do that, the way that they had done in that stretch where we were winning those four games in a row, and even this game in Toronto tonight in that second half, I think that this team's going to be in a great shape as we continue to round out the rest of this season built on defense. I look through the last three years at where the Hornets sat about 20% of the way into the season, again, give or take. And three years ago, which was the last year under Coach Clifford, the team was in 12th. Obviously, uh, that year's team ended with a, a coaching change, so that's just where they sat at that stage of the season. James Borrego's first year, the team was in eighth, uh, maybe a little bit of a spark. Last year, the team really going under a transformation, investing a lot of time and energy in the young players and basically building towards the future at the one-fifth of the way mark. The team was roughly in 10th place Right now, as we sit here talking on this podcast, uh, the team is in eight. They are three games out of first. They are a half game ahead of the team in 11th, which is of significance this year now because that is the the play-in spot, the one-game playoff that, of course, Hornets fans would love the team to be a part of, if not something higher. So, you know, judging off recent history, do you feel better about the six and seven start, or potentially, you know, six and eight or seven and seven start after tomorrow, when the team will actually really be at that twenty percent mark of the season? I feel better. Uh, I really do. I, I didn't know how this coach was going to be able to pull all this together in this short period of time. I, I really thought that that was going to take more time than this to start gelling out on the court the way we've seen it happen. But I think the relationships that these guys have built off the court as well as on the court have helped out tremendously. They're out there. They're backing each other up. They're looking out for each other. Everyone is out there not for me but for us, and that's what 
this team mindset has to be. And we're seeing some amazing performances early on, especially out of Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, the way that those two have come in and really kind of taken control and shown those moments where they just have no problem taking over games and have that confidence to their game. And as we were talking about in an earlier segment, just that settle-down effect that Gordon has brought to this team. Even when we did start 0-2, this, these guys, I think we're frustrated. You know, it's crazy you say we're three games out of first at that point because you win a couple more games here. There's some games that you mentioned earlier that this team really thought they should have had early on in the season. So I'm not sure our indicative, our record is indicative of how well this team has actually played up until this point. So in terms of where we're at right now, I'm very pleased with where we're at, but I'm more excited about where I think we're going to be headed. Matt, the thing I like most about this team at this stage, defense, of course, is a huge uptick for the squad, but it's the way they are playing offense. This brand of team basketball is something else. The Hornets have never had this high of an assist per game average in franchise history. Granted, I'm looking at the end of seasons. We're far from the end of a season, but I would suspect the team will continue to play at this level in terms of uh, the, the philosophy of team basketball. They're averaging somewhere around 29 assists per game, which puts them at the top of the NBA. And just for perspective. The last team to average 29 assists per game was the Golden State Warriors in 2019 who made the NBA Finals. Ended up losing to Toronto, but there were some significant injuries in the Finals, but suffice it to say, team basketball worked for that team. Last team to average 30 assists per game, which the Hornets are are probably going to flirt with at least this season, the way they're playing, was Golden State in 2017. They won the championship that year. And the most ever was the 1985 Los Angeles Lakers, who averaged 31.4 assists per game. That team had Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They also won it all. So, you know, maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson had more to do with it than the team basketball, (laughs) but I think team basketball has been proven to work, and the Hornets play it better than anyone else in the NBA right now. Yeah, it's completely unselfish basketball right now. If a guy doesn't have a shot or can give up, pass up a shot for a better shot, they're making that decision right now. And, and I don't want to underestimate the impact of Gordon Hayward on that, the, that stat and what we're, we've been able to do as of late. As we talked about, he's the guy who's making all of the right decisions out there, getting guys in their spots, making sure that they're set up, finding them where they want to be and making the right decisions in split seconds of games and really has had a tremendous impact on helping settle this team down and get them all where they need to be. So I think that seeing that this assist going on right now, number one, it's fun basketball to watch. And we can't look past LaMelo Ball, obviously, either, because he's got a huge part in that in terms of driving up that assist rate. He's just got a way of finding guys in spots that half the time I don't think any of us see. As Coach said one game, he doesn't know where it's coming from. His coaches don't know where, or his players don't know where it's coming from. More importantly, the other team doesn't know where things are coming from. So to see us playing this kind of basketball, sharing the basketball, nobody playing selfish basketball out there, everybody out there in it together, I know it's very cliche, but it's working for this team right now, and, and I hope that it just continues. Certainly a lot of promise for the future. Hornets 6-7 and seven at the moment, but they've got another game tomorrow, a rematch with Toronto. We will see if Gordon Hayward will be available to them, and we'll just see if the Hornets can clean up some of the mistakes. Uh, there were a lot of turnovers out there by the Hornets, a few too many, as Coach mentioned, and uh, you know what? Toronto, they shot the lights out. Credit where credit's due. They had a big game from some players off their bench, and 
and uh, end up winning 111 to 108. But there's another game tomorrow, and we look forward to the Hornets hopefully turning the tide. Matt Rachinsky, Charlotte Hornets Senior Director of Digital Media Content, my guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Matt, thanks so much for coming along. Hey, thanks for having me, Sam. Anytime, man. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. One last time, in case you didn't get the not-so-subtle hint from us, will you download the app already? We're trying to give you free stuff. <laughs> download the Hornets app on your mobile device for access to all new features and exclusive content, including access to this podcast. We're making it even easier for you, or you can always continue to go to wherever you normally get your podcasts. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us once again, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.